Crafty Radio, episode 263 on September 22nd, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our uh, our show about beer that we do every week. And this is show two sixty three, prime number show. And we figured our our uh, refrigerator is kind of empty right now. So refrigerator refrigerator is getting empty. So um, mostly fall seasonals, but mm-hmm. not exclusively because we only had three fall seasonals that we hadn't drank yet. So we're gonna start off with the Church Brewworks Oktoberfest beer. First Brooks is here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, don't have much information on this beer. This is the only one I don't have uh, that their website doesn't give it any information on. This is a you know March and Oktoberfest five point nine. It is from yeah the Church Brewworks like like just said is uh, it was a twenty twelve brew pub large, of the year, large brew pub of the year, large yeah. brew pub of the year. I just went there actually uh, two nights ago and had a pepper wit, a Szechuan pepper wit, which was very nice. Cool. All right, Oktoberfest beer. We just did the O-Fests a couple weeks ago, so we're going to kind of try to think back. Actually, both the Oktoberfests we have tonight are both from Pittsburgh. We've got the Penn Breweries yep. Oktoberfest tonight, too. Okay, right. so it's got a bready aroma. It's funny. After the... Um, after, after the Anheuser-Busch trip, oh. though. After the Anheuser-Busch trip and talking about the Budweiser and the Budweiser esters and, and tasting different things to see exactly what that is, it, it actually, you know, it was informative and helpful because when you smell this one, you smell something, which you might have called malty or something like that, but there's a, there's an esteriness. It's definitely esteriness. Much, much like the, um, much like, I hate to say, I hate to say, much like Budweiser, mm-hmm. this beer has a similar thing. But it, it's just talking about the yeast esters is, is what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, and, you know, we, we talked about this. Um, we're, we will talk about this in, in the show that we produce, and we talked about it on the pre-show last week. The estery qualities of Budweiser, uh, particularly when you aren't drinking anything else, Mm-hmm. Like you know, anything else heavier come through pretty strongly, and and it it's a much sweeter beer than we remembered. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't come from the malt; it comes from the yeast. You can barely detect any malt at all in Budweiser, but you can really detect these sweet notes. Similar sweet notes are coming out of this, and what and what are those notes? It's a little floral, a little bit dandelion ash. Mm-hmm. Also, you should say that the, the Munich malts that they typically use in these, the, that toastiness, that brightness is coming through as well. Right, yeah. So, you know, if you're just focusing on the esters, you're going to get these flo- perfumey florals that we're going to, you know, Greg's mentioning. But there's also a fair amount of the, the Oktoberfest still coming through as well. Right. Probably, you know, if if you're not used to, to trying to tune into those mm-hmm. particular smells, you'll probably smell this and say, oh, it just smells malty. Where is that? coming from but i think that you know as you get more and more experience at smelling these things and sort of tuning your dial well that's it i mean we kind of had someone we've been tasting these forever but it was something that we were almost colorblind to right Mm -hmm. just didn't we didn't know what it was we didn't know where it started and where it finished this whole estuary thing and now that we had this calibration happen you know like just smelling this beer you can you know, we can tell where it starts and ends, what yeah. the history is. So I think, you know, part of our goal is, without sounding like 
Budweiser shown us the light, you know, like just to help pass that on to like, yeah. you know, describe to the listeners something we had missed for what, yeah, eight years? Absolutely. No, I think so. it, was a, it was a very educational experience uh, that at least, at least the, you know, the yeast part certainly mm-hmm. was, was extremely educational. Yeah, there's something very perfumey and floral coming off of this. You you mentioned dandelion. Um, I'm getting something similar. I want to. There's something a little bit rosy going on. Yeah, I, was gonna, I was thinking rose. Flavor the gets a nice bread touch, caramel, a little bit of toffee has a really nice character to it. Um, Almost getting like a little bit of smoky. I mean, it's not smoked or anything, but yeah. almost like a hint of something a little smoky going on. You know, it's tasting kind of like, uh, kind of like a a coffee cake without the coffee, like a uh, like a crumble cake, like a I don't know, one of those angels food cakes with, okay. with some sort of crumble on top. The hops are, are definitely significant in the flavor too. You can get a, a a solid, you know, hop. Backbone there, yeah. They're 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 bright. They they provide a nice counterbalance mm-hmm. into the malt. It's finishing. Wouldn't necessarily say dry. It's got uh, well, it's gone away relatively quickly, but not immediately. It's leaving a a slight maltiness, but it, it's not assertive in either direction. Pretty pretty. Uh... Yeah, I was gonna say pretty clean finish, but you know, this last sip is starting to starting to give you a little bit more, you know, to chew on there. Mm-hmm. So we've been around longer than the beer report, right? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those guys are great. You should check out their show. Yeah, I. I... I, I like their show. I never, I never miss an episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like how they started out the episode last week, basically yeah. saying how awesome we were. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but we feel the same way. Mm. And they're getting good. Their last episode, they went a whole episode, and they didn't get Jim Cook's name wrong. Oh, they there kept you go. calling him Sam Cook, like oh. <laughs> over and over and over again. And, like, there was one episode where they got it wrong, and then they had the spark of genius where Groucho got it right once. And, like, two minutes later, back to Sam Cooke again. <laughs> I guess, you know, when you're in the beer world, you know, it, it's sometimes easy to conflate mm-hmm. those two guys because they, they're, they have similar kind of styles. Well, it's Sam Adams. That was what was Oh, tying, I, oh right? I was thinking Sam Not Sam Cook, Cook, yeah. yeah. But, no, I think it was just the Sam Adams was throwing them, but... They did it like two episodes in a row, but their latest episode, they didn't mention him at all, but they also didn't get his name wrong. (laughs) There you go. That's why. Well, that makes sense. So it's got a pretty heavy amount of carbonation on it, too, which I I find is is typical in the Church Brew Works um, bottled beers, not at their brewery. The -hmm. brewery is uh, considered, you know, when you're there... I mean, getting it off the draft is considerably less carbonation. Yeah, they're all coming out of the bright t- serving tanks there, so a lot bigger package. You know, for a long time, I was scared of the Church Brewers bottles. Lots of infected beers came out of the mm. bottles. 
um, this one tastes perfectly fine to me. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with what's in my glass right now, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, they probably started bottling before... Before they were ready, maybe, or you know, or, or they're forced to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but I mean, what I can say is, many, many times I've tried a bottle of church beer and it's been horrid, putrid, disgusting, spoiled, really? oxidized, just bad, 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 gushers, rotten. Ugh. So I, I just like, I'm never going to drink another bottle of beer from the church brewers again. And uh, you know, we had beer club. So there's very little risk when you're getting several six packs of beer and only yeah. one of them is going to be a church beer. You know, it's worth trying again. And again, we never, we don't write off breweries. I also don't write off packaging methods, you right. know, so I wanted to try them again. And uh, if all their bottled beers are have the same quality control this bottle has, good for them. Yep. The nice thing about the Church Brew Works is, you know, if, if their bottles are good, I mean, they're all their main beers are sessionable. They're all about four point something. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you're looking for a sessionable beer, it's a good good one. You know, good six pack to pick up. Yeah, they got the, you know, talking about their main beers. You know, one of the main beers they package is the Thunder Hop. That one's probably a little bit more okay. than sessionable, but, but, it's but not I a, mean, their four, their core yeah. four they, that they started with, they mm-hmm. still brew right. All right, so we're going to go across the river a little bit closer to downtown to the Penn Brewery. This is their Bavarian Oktoberfest, 5.5%. It is a seasonal uh, available August through October. Original gravity of 12.8. Final gravity of 2.5. 25 IBUs topped with pearl or perlay. I've heard different pronunciations of that, mm-hmm. just like I hear zots and saws. Uh, malted with two-row caramel dextrin Vienna black malt. In St. Louis, they tend to call it saws. Yeah. I didn't hear anyone say zots there once. Okay, so the aroma on this one is very different. So different that I'm like, first sniff was like, is that spoilage? But I don't think it's spoilage. I just think it's very different. Let me try to get back into it. The, it, the maltiness is coming through more than the estuary qualities are coming through. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's not that that fruity sweetness. Um, there is a malt, much more significant malt sweetness in here. Are you getting anything that's kind of like lemony? Almost like lemon cleaner or anything like that? I'm going to switch classes. Or lemon Tootsie Roll, maybe? I smell it in yours, too. Do you get that? It's It's stronger in yours. Now I'm I'm smelling. If you if, you'd, if you, I think if you just do a, a short smell, mm-hmm. you get a lemony. But if you smell deeper, if you if you I was do doing, real deep, right? I was doing fairly deep ones, and I was smelling this lemon tootsie roll. Now this last one was something that it, it morphed into the you know a continental hop, you know, a bit of a spicy hop aroma. You swirl it up and give it some agitation, and it just gets all lemony on me again. Hmm. Lemon's not a perfect description. It's not exactly lemon cleanser, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're... You know what it is? Or at least... Think of the uh, of a container that used to hell strawberries in it. You know that used to hold strawberries in so it. So it's not a direct strawberry right. smell, but it, it but 
some of the smell is, has lingered. Some of the volatiles of the strawberry there. Oh, you know, yeah, it is a bit of a strawberry smell now mm-hmm. that you say that. Now that that's that feels more at home than lemon does now that you say that. Pretty hoppy on the flavor. It almost tastes like doesn't have like a pills type taste, like a like a big hoppy pills type taste to it. That's not what I taste. Huh? No, I I am tasting. I tasted pretty much malt up front, uh, pre uh, crusty bread. Hmm. And the hops are coming in at the end, but but really just as a minor note. That's weird. I'm getting hops as the main note throughout. I mean, it it almost like if I was thinking of you know an American made yeah, German style pills, you know, it it almost like I'm tasting it and it, like my tongue was seeing a much paler beer than this, right? I mean, it just tasted to me something not not exactly Sly Fox pills because the hops that they use are quite different. But you know something that something on the order of that hoppy, but with you know the pearly hops or something like that. Right, that's what I was tasting. No, I I would have to disagree. I I think that there is a, a pretty strong bready note that's coming through here. And trying to, I mean, bready is not a very good descriptor, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to, to define it better. It's, it's I wouldn't say necessarily biscuity. Uh, it's more English muffin like. But like a toasted English muffin, which is essentially the same batter as a biscuit. So what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeast is a little bit mm-hmm. right. They use yeast in, in English muffins, but not probably biscuits. Right? Yeah. Biscuits are self rising flour. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what makes the nooks and crannies in the yeah. English muffin, whether it's um, chemical sh- or biological. I'm pretty sure that a proper English muffin at least is yeast, but I don't know for sure. So. I have to watch that episode of Good Eats again. <laughs> no, I mean, there's I, a, there's the hops a, are more apparent to me yeah. now. I mean, there's a fair amount of malt. I'm trying to really dial in on exactly what's that. What it's reminding me of, almost. Um, hmm. The if you have a cinnamon roll. But, you, you know, you just take, like, the outside piece that's the dry piece without the glaze on it. You know, that's kind of what it's reminding me of. Just the outside piece of a cinnamon roll. Okay. And without cinnamon on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, you know, usually the outside part's not as good as all the gooey, delicious yeah, stuff inside. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the fat, you know, and the butter and stuff is, is sort of burned off. Mm-hmm. So, you're just getting, uh, you know, the, the flour and, mm-hmm. and some melanoidins and stuff. So, yeah, I see what you're saying with there. That's, that's a decent... Decent call. Maybe slightly on the order of pretzel, especially an aftertaste. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see a little bit of that. Definitely has that feel of mm-hmm. you know the, you know the sourdough with the the browned skin. You know, right. big skin. I wish the aroma didn't have that strawberry thing going on. I keep smelling it. I don't taste it at all, but when I smell it, it really, it, it, to me personally, it 
takes away from the overall experience I of the think, beer. Because I'm detecting a bit of that in the hop. I think it's the hop that's doing that. It could be. I mean, for me, that strawberry is just taking away from the overall impression of mm-hmm. the of the experience. The flavor I'm much happier with. So I just got to not sniff, but it's such a habit of how I sample beer that turning off the, the sniff every sip is going to be it's just hard to do. It's got a bit of, you know, like Jeff said, a little, um, and I'm tasting it more now um, as it's warming, uh, that, you know, what we used to call lager twang, it's got some, which is really a spicy continental hop thing. Yeah, see, I'm and not getting... It's a little bit yeasty, too. I'm not getting anything that really tastes tinny to me. Or, you know, like, you know, like tinfoil or anything like that. I, uh... Actually, I was refreshed, you know, that I took the first couple sips and wasn't getting something like that. I'm like, oh, nice. It doesn't have that twang. That I wasn't at first. Twang. Now I'm getting a, a little bit, but I think it's I, I think it's really the the hop itself that that's causing me to to imagine it's there. It's the flavor is not twang, but it's twang mm-hmm. adjacent. Gotcha. I think the hops in here are interestingly used. I, I like it. Um, Hoppier than many Oktoberfests. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a time machine here because I would like to think that this is not exactly what Penn Oktoberfest used to be when the late great Tom Pastorius was in charge of things. I think I probably like this better, mm. um, but I'm wondering if they're taking some liberties to update, to modernize some of their formulas. All right, so let's do another fall harvest beer here, but this one is not an Oktoberfest. This is from Anchor Brewing. This is the Big Leaf Maple, Autumn Red. So it's available through August and October, blend of two-row caramel and pale malt. It is a hopped with Nelson Salvine, Citra, and Cascade. That should be interesting. So Nelson, for those who remember, uh, are the sort of grapey hop. Uh, Citra is the citra, big, super fruity, soup, big fruity, close, you know, kind of lemony, cascade, grapefruit, orange, depending on who you ask. 6% alcohol by volume. Wouldn't expect this one to, I mean, that's just that. that it's a impressive hop list for a harvest beer mm-hmm. from Anchor. You know, it's not necessarily what, I was surprised that Greg read those off. Is, is this... This probably is it not a wet big leaf hop. maple syrup. Okay. They didn't use fresh hops, I'm guessing. No, I don't see any mention of fresh hops. No. It would probably be too hard to do such a large run of that. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Anchor has a smell, don't they? Not this smell. I've never smelled a hoppy beer like this from Anchor. My goodness. You're getting a, something that's namely Anchor in the aroma? So I, I'm not. It it smelled like... You know what it smells like? Wow. That, the, the first smell was different. But it, it, it smells like... After you've you've done you know after you've chilled your wort then the inside of of the container once you've once you've taken all the oh. the word out the, the leftover hops, left and, over stuff hops and stuff it smells like that it's a big hoppy blast it is a big hoppy blast uh, I'm you know to me that's not 
signature anchor, right? They're, no, no. They, they, I, I was I was smelling something at okay. first that was like oh. that kind of reminded me of of, Cal- of 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 Anchor Steam, but then it went it went radically away from that. That was the shape of the bottle you were smelling, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's hop bomb. The aroma, it citra is a big part of it. I'm not really smelling anything specifically Nelson Savon. Um So here's my explanation for that why I smelled that wrong. I think it's like I I once again compare it to a radio. As you're tuning in the dial, you get a lot of static. Okay. <laughs> and so I was getting a lot of static as I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on and it and it made a weird sound that I that I thought I recognized. Okay. So the Citra, let's see, are getting. Jeez, that is that is strong. That, that... Some tangerine. There's a little bit. Oh of... yeah, nice. But even more so than that, I'm thinking there's. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. It's. I dig deep. There's there's almost notes of radish or green onion. Yeah, I was getting. A, I mean, I was going to get to that later, but there was something a little bit rough, you know, like an oniony, or I didn't think it was quite catty, but you know, I wasn't yeah. sure yet. I was going to try to dive into that one next. Right now, I'm trying to figure out which fruit there. Uh, uh, not pineapple. Not as acidic as pineapple, but you know, a sweeter. Like uh, what is that? Is that passion fruit? Maybe. No. Mm, no, I wouldn't say passion fruit. No. Um, big fruity flavors. Yeah, maybe it's kind of kiwi, but but not as sweet. Mm. It, 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 I, I like tangerine. I think that's a really good call. But it, it's stronger than mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I'm getting, definitely, yeah, the more I smell, the more... Just a slight kind of sulfury note that reminds me of of uh, onions or radishes. Yeah, there's a, it, it's a, I mean with the tangerine in there, it's almost like a sub note. It's a secondary yeah. note. You like you almost you almost smell it like I'm smelling it like almost in my lungs, you know, instead of up in my nose, you know. But I'm getting something down there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we smelled this one long enough. I'm going to dive on in here. Big hoppy flavor. Yeah. T- <laughs> oh wow, the maple came in. I didn't get the maple my first sip. Really? Not yet. That was interesting because it was like, okay, big hop. Whoa! <laughs> it was like overpowered by the hops, and the maple comes in and just smooths everything out. Actually, I, I that I only had one sip so far, but that first sip really worked. Let's see if it will continue to work. I mean, yeah, there's a fair, I mean, I'm not. I'm still not tasting the maple syrup. But I mean, there's a fair amount of maltiness that comes in later to kind of balance things out. You know, there's something. Mm-hmm. That, it's keeping this from being just a hop bomb. You know, all the way through. Um, definitely the hoppiest beer I've had from Anchor. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I've had anything hoppier than Liberty, right? I'm not sure. Oh. Are they under new management? I forget. No, no. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. 
This is pretty good. I like this. Still good, Fritz Maytag doing yep. the stuff. Unless I missed a really big announcement, yes. Mm-hmm. I I I like how this gives you a big hoppy burst, but I think I think it's the maple. I'm not sure. I'm still trying. I'm still analyzing the flavor, but gives you a big hoppy burst that I think would be really distracting and be mm-hmm. off putting if it wasn't for a, a a quick multi note that quickly s- subdues the hops. So you get a a big hoppy burst up front, and then it really is subdued very quickly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the maltiness takes a while to build and. So they do call this a red ale, right? Yeah. So think, you know, think of another hoppy red ale, and I think it draws some good parallels to this one, even though these hops are a little more uh, exotic. And that would be the uh, Berry Public Red's Rye Ale. Right? Okay, you know the 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 maltiness in there kind of plays off the hops, much like this one does, at least if I what I seem to recall. I always wish that we had <laughs> tiny little serving glasses, like you know, little. Um, Airports, well, we airport need a, size things that we could just like open up a little beer and taste it, just to see if if, if that's need the right. a replicator, right? Where right. you could say, "Hey, computer, give us two ounces of Red's Rye Ale," and it makes it right there. And yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, we don't want to open up a whole other beer, but we just we want to have some something. To you know what's good about. for that? The Xyla Stoppers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, now since you mentioned it, let's go into it, shall we? Sure. Look at that. He had the music all queued up That's and right. everything. I've... We're getting on the ball here. Dun, 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 dun. Getting pretty good at selling ourselves. So, GABF's just around the corner, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got some good funds, but, you know, a little bit more would be helpful to help cover things a little bit more. So there's many ways you can support us on Craft Beer Radio. You can support us just by listening and telling your friends how great we are, or at least that we don't suck. Um, but if you want to support us more directly, you can pay um, donate through PayPal, you can give us one-time thing. You can donate as little as $2 a month or $12 a year. There's recurring payments. You can find those details on our website. And then there's Amazon, and that is not Amazon.com. Do not go there. Nope. Never Craft go there. Beerradio.com slash Amazon. That's where you go. Yes. You do all your Amazon shopping. Won't cost you a penny more. And we get a percentage of the weekly commission on the sales that we generate that you make. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you can be entertained. In the post show by Amazon Anonymous. So there you go. All right, yeah, let's wrap that up. Right. Okay. Not in as much a selling mood as you were. <laughs> no, no, I was I was a huckster last time, wasn't I? <laughs> um, you know, but we do have the Xyla stoppers on our website and the Spiegel glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, all these craft beer radio approved items. There's a little Amazon store on our website. You can find all the products we love to use on the show. Oh, excuse me. And I just wanted to add, if you represent one of these products and are sick of getting free endorsement, you can always sponsor the show. Because, you know, I'm sure they're sick of getting all that free endorsement on our show. Holy shit. <laughs> Greg must be looking at the uh, <laughs> referrals or something. No, I'm looking at, at... I'm sorry, we're doing this at the same time the Emmys is, is running. Mm. I don't want to get oh. too off topic. But uh, Jeff Daniels, one outstanding actor in a drama series, beating out John Hamm and Brian Cranston. Huh. Jeff Daniels was in... The Newsroom. Oh, okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that more at the post show. Hmm. 
Man, you just ruined my show. <laughs> it's easy to sound smart when you're writing about the past. <laughs> I I like that a lot. I like mm-hmm. the way the maple is is integrated there. I I think it's it's subtle, um, but I do think it it, it helps the the pro- I think that it helps the process. The the, the ready notes. Kind of bread puddingish. The maple certainly helps that along. Mm-hmm. A little bit, mm, a little bit bagel like. It was good. Yeah, big hoppy beer from Anchor. Not something I've ever had. So quit the surprise. Give it a try if you see it out there. Claire Danes won for best actress. Huh. Okay, so last beer of the night. This is from Williamsburg Ale Works. This is the Spring House Ale, a Belgian-style farmhouse. Brewer's Choice. Okay, so this lovely beer is 6.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, they use Pilsner, Aromatic, and Wheat Malt. Oh, and they support active recycling. Eight percent alcohol by volume. Active recycling, as opposed to that's weird. It says six point five percent, but then they they say view details on the beer advocate, and on the beer advocate it says eight percent. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I mean, if there was like a twelve point discrepancy, then maybe. But now, weirdly, now they're not Williamsburg Ale Works. They're just Ale Works now. So this must be an older bottle. This was a bottle that JD sent up. Okay. Not that long ago. Um, Thank you, JD, by the way. Yes. I don't see any kind of identifying production markings on here. You see that the new label says... It works. It works. Hmm. Got evicted from Williamsburg. <laughs> they're still... They're, it still says Williamsburg's only microbrewery, okay. but I guess they didn't They didn't find the, the Williamsburg... Uh, my... You know, speculation again. They didn't find that the Williamsburg thing was was helping their sales. And it costs so much to put that on the labels. Yeah. Just cut I mean, it out. Save some money. Save six or seven dollars in ink costs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got to recalibrate our noses here. This one's quite different from other things we've had tonight. Yep. Now we're tuning in, so we're going to get a little static. Yeah, and it's... I don't know. I mean, it's very aromatic, but there is static because I can't figure out what I'm smelling. Apples. Green apples. Buckwheat. Mm. That's what it is. That's why, you know, that's not something you smell every no, day, right? No. So when you smell the buckwheat. So I just, buckwheat. I just pointed Jeff because mm-hmm. he, was, he was right in the money. Because when you smell buckwheat, there's this... You guys can't see me. <laughs> there's this very... Oh, uh, spicy the right word. It's this very herbal grainy type mm-hmm. thing. Maybe it touches... I hesitate to say spice. Uh, you really owe it to yourself to go out and try some buckwheat or some buckwheat honey or something. Just so you can get the feel for it. Because um, it's a very interesting flavor. Yeah. it, it And like... Lots of new flavors. Sometimes it takes some getting used to in terms of really enjoying. But mm-hmm. it's one of those that that does eventually 
really become something you really enjoy. I, I remember uh, when I was in Japan, Shane had some buckwheat tea, mm-hmm. and I I loved that stuff. It was at first it was, was off putting, then then I started being like, man, this is great. Gotcha. It's gluten free, buckwheat. Mm-hmm. So you get those buckwheat pancakes as long as there's not you know not too much flour in there. You can eat those if you're a celiac. But that is most likely coming from a combination of. I mean, I, I don't like a small thing. I think it's coming from the the yeast that's doing. It, it it probably is. I mean, they do put buckwheat in beers, so it wouldn't be out of the question. Well, they only say pilsner aromatic and yeah. wheat malt. Yeah, okay. You figure they'd mention buckwheat if it was in. Probably there. would. Yeah. It's very. I mean, it's it's not just kind of buckwheat. It's definitely buckwheat. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting. A slight, very slight. It's I, I could be just getting you know interference, but mint. Hard to say. Oh, tangy on the flavor. You know, it's a farmhouse ale. Don't know if it's. Any kind of souring agent was added, but there's a tartness to it, almost slightly sour. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Sweeter than I might have expected. Um, a little kind of... The sweetness is actually reminding me of pure white sugar, which is a little odd. Some of that buckwheat carries through in the flavor. Or, you know, a bit of wheaty, maybe. Yeah. I do use wheat, so... Mm-hmm. The, the 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 tangy, the sourness isn't as apparent after the first sip. It's, um... It, it, it's complex, which I enjoy in a Saison. Mm-hmm. Budweiser gave us a Saison at the trip, and it was not very complex. It, I mean, it was more complex than their usual beer, but it was not a particularly no. overtly complex beer. This is more complex, and there's stuff to root through. Mm-hmm. So forgive us if, if we do a little bit of dead air as we sort of try to, <laughs> to to map our way through this one, and then hopefully we can give you a better detail. So almost a feel of... It's kind of a, one of those, you know, starting to, we're going to pull out the, uh, the deeper bit of, you know, adjectives here. Getting it, I'm getting a little bit like rice paper. It's almost like part of a textury thing. There's like this rice paper thing going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- there's some kind of the aftertaste of a spring roll, right? Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. kind of thing. So I can see the rice paper coming in. And while you're at spring roll, maybe a touch of cabbage too. Not a bad choice. You are pretty on today. I would say if you're ranking, if you're ranking us, (laughs) Jeff is more on today than I am. I think Jeff is more tuned in. Maybe that surgery helped you. <laughs> you you, lose, take one, a, you take, lose one sense, you're going to get more sense <laughs> elsewhere, right? That, that's a good trade if, you know, <laughs> losing my uh, potency improve, improves my palate. Yeah. I'll take that trade. Especially now that I'm done siring children. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's inter- I mean, the beard is a little thin on the overall mouthfeel, right? It it's not. You think so? I mean, I I find myself wishing there was it was not bringing more flavors to the show, but just a little bit more a little bit more coziness to the show. It it seems it doesn't seem cozy. It doesn't seem like okay, but I don't know if that's a mouthfeel thing. I mean, well, I, I, it, it's a little. Well, it's that. It's a little bit. I mean, it's an umami thing. It's it, a, it's not as warming as as it might be. But it's not, I'm, I'm it's not, not super high in alcohol. Yeah, I'm not really talking about warming. I'm just talking about you know it, it's 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 keeping its distance. It's you know setting up boundaries. It, it's not you know coming in and sitting on my lap. You know, not 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 making out with me. I have to say, I disagree. I think it's kind of feeling me up. <laughs> It, it, I mean, it's kind of doing it haphazardly. Maybe it's the first time. But... <laughs> Not a good kisser, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know. You need experience. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I, it does not feel in any way to me like it's, it's, it's putting me off. Hmm. Oh, if we're gonna stick with that whole, if we're gonna stick with that whole line of of metaphor, yeah, it's kind of like you know, it it knows it's the first date. It doesn't want to put it out too soon, you know. <laughs> it's like just give me a little bit. But it's like oh no, no, no only and, first and see, date. And see, my my interpretation would be different. My interpretation would be someone who who you know like well, you're you're your first time you know feeling somebody up, and you're you're just like you, <laughs> you're twisting. You you, you want to go as far as you can. You just don't know what the heck you're doing, so you're <laughs> you're fumbling around a little bit. But you want to go far, and I think it's asserting itself quite nicely. It, it it's not um it it's not the most complex beer you've ever had, but I mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting complexity in here, uh, and by by let me disentangle the metaphor <laughs> but <laughs> turn why? It, and turn it back into but flavors because uh, this is very very silly um <laughs> so i think that you know we we have come to expect saisons and farmhouses to have a little bit of tanginess and sourness and maybe a little bit of uh of yeasty you know stronger yeasty qualities mm-hmm. that lead to earthiness and this is is more just going for kind of fruitiness different aspects of fruitiness and a slight maltiness. So it's really not trying to be the super complex and super duper colorful saisons mm-hmm. we've had in the past. And that's fine. I you know, I think it, it still works as a beer and it still works as a good saison if it just gives you sort of those fruity notes without giving you those exceptional earthy notes that ever, that other saisons do. You know, the fruity notes are still there. There there's uh, some orange. There's um uh, maybe some some grape, maybe uh, plummy or pear notes. There's definitely a lot of fruity notes happening here. It's not giving the deep earthiness that we need, and or mm-hmm. tanginess that we right. love so much. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Right. Okay. Well, let's get into the rankings. My um, number four beer for the evening is going to be the Pan Oktoberfest. While I like the flavor, that strawberry and the aroma was just putting me off. Mm. And um, it didn't put me off so bad that I hated the beer. But because the other beers were all fairly good, it, it put me off enough to put it in last place. Uh, number three is going to be 
Probably Church Brewworks Oktoberfest. It's another enjoyable Oktoberfest. Nothing really off-putting there. It was interesting how, you know, the esters from the yeast seem so apparent after our recent yeast study. Yeah. Um, number two is going to be the Williamsburg Aleworks uh, Fine Saison. Some neat flavors. I found the, the, the buckwheat uh, enthralling. Really fascinating. And some of those other flavors, too. Um, but really, the, the big leaf maple hop bomb red ale from Anchor was quite quite the beer. It was um, good use of hops, good use, uh, even though I never got around the tasting, you know, clear, clean cut maple flavor. Um, I still liked the maltiness of that beer and, and how it worked. Okay, my, I think. I think I'm going to agree with your rankings. Um, I didn't find as much fault with the pen as you did, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that it wasn't quite as good as the Church Brew Works, maybe because it was a, a little bit on the hoppy side from Martin, and I, I sort of was, you know, looking for more malty stuff. But yeah. they're very co- they're, they're very close to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think. I also I I really did actually enjoy the L works a lot, um, even though it was not the most complex of saisons. But that's fine. Uh, you don't have to be the most complex beer to to, mm-hmm. to win a, to to win an award here. Uh, but but ironically, it actually did lose to a complex beer, which was the anchor because it did something that I've never seen before, which was take a really you know, strongly hoppy presence and then quickly mute it, which I think is a, is a, is a fascinating thing to, to when you experience something new. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's number one on my list. Cause it's, it's something new and it does something really interesting right. with that sort of, with, with that playfulness of the hops. Awesome. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to episode two, six, three of craft beer radio. Everything on the show that does not have a music bed is, is, uh, under the creative commons license. <laughs> So you can visit, check our website for more information. You can visit our website for more information. If you want to contact us, you can contact us via email if you like. I am Jeff at Craft Beer Radio. He's Greg at Craft Beer Radio. And if you want to hit us both up, you can just use beer at Craft Beer Radio. Twitter, I am at Jeff Bear. He is at CBR Greg. And we also have at Craft Beer Radio. Facebook, The Craft Beer Radio. Google Plus, Craft Beer Radio. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.